0: Hey all welcome to Deep Peaks, I am Frank. And today we are joined by Tyler, returning guest.
1: What's up, man? Good to hear from you, Frank.
0: Yeah, yeah, we got Sean. What's up? And then we got the online warrior, Dan. Shabbat shalom, I am not a Wi-Fi warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I like Wi-Fi warrior better. We're going to make a t-shirt for this. Wi-Fi, 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 Wi-Fi warrior. warrior, yep, yep. Make That's, it a t-shirt. Wi-Fi warrior
2: slash Kirby
1: made. we get
0: the artist on it kirby made down b to win just a picture oh of kirby God. on the back
1: of the shirt that's it
3: oh my gosh
0: my honor with inputs down <laughs> in b
1: but it has to be an orange kirby it has to
0: oh that's right yeah then daniel the orange will variants. accept it I'm yeah an orange kirby <laughs> man. that is true so these are the three new hosts for a brand new podcast coming to the network called round three uh tyler can you break down what this podcast is going to be about really the the point for
1: round 3 is to kind of bring light to fighting games uh for anybody at any level um really we want to reach out to people who you know play games casually in general to kind of see the light in fighting games and give them a chance regardless of if you're going to play them or watch them um uh, for people who already play fighting games it gives you a little bit more in-depth analysis of like you know, tournaments and like how to get started, you know, picking characters, like just a bunch of the different things in that realm, but also just kind of talking about, you know, general, like new releases of fighting games and like, you know, just a, a lot of encompassing fighting game stuff that I feel like a lot of people aren't really kind of discussing or talking about in regards to like just strictly fighting games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In the world of gaming, we see it often. Something comes out, it's trendy. Right now it's uh, Elder Ring. Everybody's playing that Elder Ring. Uh, It's a flash in the pan, right? And if you're lucky, you'll stick around long enough to become a Minecraft or Fortnite. But generally, it fades away. Now, behind the scenes, what people are not really necessarily seeing is there's communities that are formed and they last a long time. One of those is definitely the fighting community around each of these games. Uh, Sean, what do you think about these fighting communities and... Is it a good place for a newcomer to try to test the waters in?
2: Oh, yeah. I definitely think one of the biggest experiences out of game for any fighting game is community. And what I mean by that is there's actually tournaments for fighting games, um, especially the bigger ones. And I'm sure you could find online Discord servers where you could find like a niche small community for one of those niche games. but. If you can get out and go to a big tournament, say you're like a Smash player or a Street Fighter player and find one of these tournaments, just the atmosphere there, the people you'll meet, I definitely think it, if you stick around long enough, it's a big life-changing experience. And for us, that was Smash and going to Smash tournaments. And that's how all three of us met. And we're friends to this day post-graduation in college because of all the strong bonds we've had and all the games we played moments we shared together and it's just something that since you have something in common it's easy to kind of be yourself and it's comforting so it's a it's a new place to find your comfort zone even if you're in more introverted kind of like I am yeah. <laughs> you will find it will It'll bring that side of you. <laughs> Probably a side of comfort zone at thought. that too. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're hanging out with friends, yeah. but you're
0: also like getting intense. <laughs> it's the it's the spirit yeah, of, of competition, of, yeah. Of course.
2: Exactly. And in that there's a sense of belonging in there too.
0: Yeah. So you guys met in Smash. Dan, what do you think is the best fighting community for somebody to join?
3: Um, like specific game? Yep. Oh, man, that I'm super biased towards Smash. Because, uh, that's where I, that's where I started joining like a fighting game community, but, um, having been part of a few others and whatnot, um, it, uh, so Smash is, Smash is my definitive answer though. I will say hundred percent just Smash because that's where I met some of my best buddies and that's the game I'm best at and that's the game I've played the longest and I've been to the most tournaments, but honorable mention, uh, I think Street Fighter players are dope. Like, I think they're so cool they, they, they're, they wear cool clothes and they got <laughs> cool stuff to say and, and they look cool. And I'm like, yo, you guys are, you guys are cool. Like you guys are tight. I want to, I want to hang out with you guys and go get like a, a nice brew, a nice hot beer or like a pizza. And um, I said hot beer. Don't worry. I don't drink hot beer. That's disgusting. Yeah. I'm about but, to question um, that real quick. <laughs> uh, um, it, 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 nice hot brew, uh, nice cold brew, whatever. So smash is a hundred percent the one I'd say, but
0: Honorable mention to, honorable mention to Street Fighter because those guys are tight. From an outside observer, like Smash Brothers, definitely seems the most approachable. Uh, returning to you, Dan, is there any crew that's that's like too arrogant <laughs> for newcomers that are like, eh, those Tekken guys—they're a bit of jerks. You have to kind of wait till you're good enough for them. Okay, so if we if we're, if I can like go full on
3: honesty, um, yeah. If I can go full on honesty. Oh, so every every community has like hundred percent, just like any friend group or any school or any whatever has their downside. Every fighting game community has their uh, flaws and like toxic moments. But if I had to like give it, give the cake to a specific group, um, oh, give me give me one second. Ooh, that's so tough because a lot of them are. Th- so Tekken players are kind of. There there's a learning curve to get into Tekken and like you gotta yeah. be ready for intensity. Intensity with the people. Like all the Tekken players aren't like the chummiest, nicest, like, hey, let's be best buddies. It's like, nah. Um, you gotta be ready to kind of like fend for yourself a little bit. You gotta be ready for some people to start talking some smack to you right off the bat, or like call you garbage and be like, hey man, you need to figure that out. You need yo, learn some frame data, scrub. Learn the frame data because you you don't you don't belong here until you learn some of that stuff. And, you know, that can be intimidating. Um, I wouldn't call them jerks or anything like that. But like, you know, they're tougher. They are tougher. That is for sure.
0: So when you guys are listening to this podcast, it's going to start off very user friendly, right? It's the Smash Brothers of podcast. You're going to know what's going on just down B and you're fine. That's, I mean, my go to on Pikachu, really. Then as they discuss the topic, it starts to dive deeper into the world, deeper into the lingo. And it starts to evolve, evolve from a newbie podcast or for newbie fighters into pro fighters. That kind of knowledge only comes from being in the field itself. Sean, where did you start off and how? what's the highest echelon of esports pro did you go? Oh, um, so
2: I started off playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2. That's probably my first real fighter, I'd say. Yeah if you don't count Melee at the age of six, you know, throwing items and down beings. It's so good. Um, But I played, I started playing competitively, taking it seriously when Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 came out, maybe like a year after. Um, And since then, I think around 2015, 2016-ish, I got into Smash 4 because by that time, Ultimate Marvel was kind of dying. And then I wanted a new game. And I I saw that there was a scene for Smash and it was actually a lot bigger than I thought. Mm-hmm. And I knew that the inputs were a lot easier than like traditional fighters. So I'm like, okay, this is, if I were to go big in something, it's probably this. Uh, long story short, um, I grinded and grinded like eight hours a day. um, Like four hours of playing and then like maybe two to four hours of just watching either pros or myself. And I did that for about like a year or so, around when I was 18. So then sophomore year, I finally like got out to college. And prior to that, I never, I never had the experience of going to a tournament because I was too afraid to ask my parents. Um, I'm kind of the definition of not talking back to your parents and like saying yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what you would get if that was my life. Yeah. But. Um, I had a little bit of freedom in college, so I figured I'd, I'd play for fun, even though at that time I considered myself retired because I had to focus on like nursing, Mm -hmm. but I still had that competitive drive and I still wanted to compete and make friends because I never had that turning experience. And when I experienced it, it was addicting. Yeah. (laughs) Gotcha. I remember every loss I'd be like, I'm retired. I'm retired. (laughs) That's so true. I know deep down. I know deep down, I really wanted to pursue it. You never retired. I just never did. But it doesn't mean I didn't give it my best shot. Mm-hmm. And um, for the GCU tournaments, I'm pretty sure I hold the highest and longest streak of dominance in GCU history. Mm-hmm. It was about like a year and a half, I want to say, of like uncontested like first. Yeah. Um, and then I've won, I think, I've won one local Won about like fifty bucks, and then, uh, I, I got acknowledgement acknowledgement from Stroder, who's like a previous PGR player. He's like He's number one in Arizona. Hey, this guy's a hidden boss. This guy's a hidden boss in Arizona. So, I feel like if I tried, I definitely could have gone further, but or tried harder, and practiced more, but obviously circumstances and priorities didn't. Right now, I don't have the drive for that anymore. Right. (laughs) But
0: your side um, gig, which is nursing, is very demanding.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Especially during COVID times. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was definitely a peak that I'm proud of. That I, I, at least I did my best and I, I could see some sort of result from it, you know?
0: Do you think you'll ever return to the game and try to push yourself even farther?
2: I don't see myself returning to Smash just because I'm kind of kind of tired of it after yeah. so many years of playing. I'm kind of waiting for if there's like a fighting game that I'm crazy about again, but I haven't had that feeling. Yeah, I've only had it twice with Ultimate Marvel and then Smash, but if that fighting game does come around, then I'll give it my all in it, see what happens.
0: But, Street Fighter 6 is on the horizon. You
2: know. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been too big a fan of Street Fighter, but we'll see. I'll give it a shot, of course, because I like dabbling yeah. in every fighting game, you know? Especially when it's hot, hot mm-hmm. off the pan, like you said, with Elden Ring, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, some modders have found that there is an arena coming to Elden Ring, so you could do some uh, PvP in that one and <laughs> see how that goes.
1: It'd <laughs> be interesting to see <laughs> how that works.
0: Yeah. Tyler, you know, everybody on the, on the podcast has heard from you in the past, but why don't you give us a refresher? of how you got into the game and uh, your experience as a coach.
1: So I got into the game. I was about in middle school, kind of the era of when the GameCube was, you know, at like, you know, kind of the end of its end of its time. Um, okay. But all my friends played smash. That's all we played together. I mean, we played Mario Kart, double dash smash. And that was it. Like, those were the two games that we all played together. And what I felt like, what what got me really emotionally invested in it was just the style that the platform fighter gave to you, yeah. Because there, you know, I had played other fighting games in the past, and like they were fun. It's it's always fun to go beat up your opponent or beat up one of your friends in a one v one fighting game, but that that platformer, there was so much more, like. I don't want to say complexity, but there was just something so unique about you can have your essential game plan to keep somebody off the stage. Like that can be your whole game plan and it can work for you. And so I just loved that concept of like, just something that's like, you know, you're, you're essentially picking somebody apart while they're off stage. And I, you know, competed a little bit. Um, I didn't do any local tournaments uh due to just, you know, being a middle school high school kid. I was you know involved in a lot of stuff with my school and a lot of limited travel um opportunities, but I did end up when I got into college towards the end of my senior year, I was made aware of GCU's uh Smash community when I was a junior. But because I was working two jobs while I was in college, it was tough to go to the tournaments. Yeah. But towards my senior year, I was like, okay, you know what? I don't need to work, you know, two jobs. I can work one job, have a little bit of freedom. And I ended up going to the smash tournaments where I met Sean and Daniel, um, got my ass kicked by Sean, um, And it just got me back into it. Like I had kind of taken a break from smash because I, I think everybody has those moments with really any game
0: exactly. where like, yeah. you're
1: kind of like, okay, I kind of need to just take a step back, not, not play for a little while and just kind of do something different just to kind of, you know, take a break from it. But I got my competitive drive back. Um, Cause I remember when I had gotten to the GCU scene and I played against one of one of the, better players uh it was tmj so john and he was like you know one of the better players there he was you know sean's level he could you know go toe to toe with him and i had taken you know a game off of him. and there was talks because i was the only jigglypuff player at gcu at the time that was like fully just soloing jigglypuff and that kind of like talk kind of inspire people like all right I got I got to prove myself now I got I got to like I got to show people what I got so that's that's what got me into it and then once I got into it and I learned that there was a team um originally I had planned on trying out and then I kind of took a step back and I was like there's a lot of young potential players here who have a lot of talent that could really use the tournament opportunities to to improve and and just." push their game to the the next level. And so I kind of took a step back and I was like, okay, I'll be, you know, I asked them about a coaching opportunity to see if they needed somebody to kind of help with running a practice schedule and kind of just getting all that stuff, you know, kind of put together. And Sean and I both ended up coaching together, which was one of the highlights of my college life. Yeah. I loved doing the coaching and just talking with Sean and talking with the other players. Daniel was one of the varsity players and it was it was just a lot of fun to like watch them grow in their play even if it was just minor improvements. You know, if they were getting, you know, 15th or 18th and they moved up to like 12th or even 10th, like that's improvement. You know, it's not them winning the whole tournament, but mm-hmm. you're seeing the gradual improvement of players and Seeing how they're finding out their mistakes and understanding, you know, pressure and, and, you know, what to do at neutral. Like it was just so cool to be able to do that.
0: You mentioned in the past that you saw that, you know, I, I could be more valuable as a coach. I can give structure. What is the most important thing that you think a coach brings to an esports team or a fresh fighter team?
1: Um, Coaching wise, I think there's just like Sean and I have actually talked about this that second set of eyes, mm-hmm. seeing things that somebody may just miss because, you know, I view something differently in the way that Sean does in specific situations. Like, for example, if you're on one side of the stage in a bad situation, I may have option A in my mind, but Sean will tell me, hey, have you tried this option? you know, there's a way to go off stage and back. And, you know, there's, there's other ways of thinking that some players just don't really click, but if somebody else is seeing that point and they're kind of talking you through it, you start exploring more ideas and, and your creativity and that flow will start to eventually come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just that second set of eyes and, and, Somebody who's also encouraging you because it's, it's tough in a turn in a tournament aspect. It's really tough to kind of see yourself fail, right? but having somebody there saying, Hey, like this is what you can improve on. This is, you know, what you can do here and explaining situations. If a coach is taking it more as a learning opportunity than saying, Hey, this is why you lost. It makes a world of difference in those tournament lives. So,
0: yeah. I like the second set of eyes. It's that's a nice and easy way to look at it, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Dan, how did you start off, and did you ever get into the coaching game, or did you just stick with trying to be pro player? So I
3: started off competitive Smash wise with um I watched a really cool fat combo on YouTube of yeah. Mario, and um, I was like, that was cool. I'm gonna learn how to do that with Mario, and I that that's what got me into the competitive scene. Um. And I was playing at high school actually that was in high school and I was playing in our school tournaments in high school and we had a ranked player in my city went to my high school and it would beat us around, slap us around all day. <laughs> and then I just figured, oh, I want to do more of this at college. And I got to GCU and went, I hope they have some Um And then, you know, I went through Facebook, blah, 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 blah. Got in touch with the tournaments and here we are today. Um, and I would, I don't know if I ever necessarily wanted to like be a, cause I, I, I always knew where I was at as a player. I don't think I ever wanted to be like a full on pro, but I wanted to be where the pros are. I wanted to like in the same environments and um, Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a pipe dream kind of thing for me, but I wanted to like be good enough to be able to like one day play against a pro or something like that. You know, that's kind of where my drive was for the game. I I just, I, I know me and I know that I'm not going to put in the work to be a pro and I don't have that natural ability to be one. Mm-hmm. And I was very content and okay with that. Um, so my drive was just being good enough to compete with people that could be pros. That's kind of where my drive came from was I want them to know that, Hey, but like I'm a little good. And like, if you don't try, if you don't put in some effort, I might beat you. If you're not on your toes, you'll lose to me. And that's kind of where my drive in the game was. Um, even though I wanted to win, winning always fun and losing always sucks.
0: It's such a good outlook um, but, on it, though. It's just I just want to be able to be good enough to play against the pros. I like that. That's cool.
3: Yeah, I I just want to I want to compete. I don't need to win. I really don't. Winning's nice, but but competing at a competent level is also very satisfying for me. Yeah. Um, and in terms of coaching, that's not. I don't think that's a strong suit for me. Just because the way I look at the game is not an analytical look, and I think um, analysis is something you need for coaching and anything in literally any realm of coaching esports sports tutoring uh, any sort of i think you need to have some analytics to you and that's not really how i go about my um competitive gaming business so um i don't think i ever considered it much no but i like to talk to people about what they're doing and whatnot like i talked to sean about his play and his whatever um meant like I- Gameplay coaching is not something I'm crazy about, but I like talking to people about how they're feeling and like their yeah. mindset and like that kind of coaching. I, I don't like wouldn't call myself a coach, but I like to talk to you and whoever about kind of what's going on in your head when you play or yeah. like why you're feeling this way afterwards and whatnot, even though I wouldn't ever call myself a coach. Um, so I like to talk to players and I like to talk about the game. I like to talk strategy a little bit but at a pretty base level, not, not ever enough to call myself a coach, but just to like team counselor, just, just, to, yeah. Just to get you to be like, okay, well, if you want to talk to me about what you might want, like we talked about, um, brought up TMJ. Um, he's a much better player than me. Um, and I would talk to him after and before matches and kind of like, Hey, you know, you're better than me and you might know more, but Hey, I didn't, you know, just maybe think about this and this and this going into it. Cause he likes to do this and this and this. And you don't like to do this option. So maybe just try a little bit of this. And that sounds like yeah. coaching. And I never considered it. So like maybe, maybe I did a little bit of coaching on the side, you know, just, just for the lols, just for the funsies.
0: Yeah. Something to try out. Yeah. You guys, you guys analyze different uh, angles and topics in the fighting world. Uh, many of them that I didn't even know existed, which is what I like the best. Uh, where do you see the future of the podcast going? Where's round three going from here? Say you guys are in it for a couple seasons you know, world, world famous round three. What's the, what's like the dream scenario for the future of this? What do you got for us, Tyler?
1: I think the big overarching picture, um, what I just want this podcast to do is just to kind of shine the light on fighting games to people who either are hesitant to play a fighting game or just don't know a lot about it. So it's just kind of to bring people into the fighting genre. Because I think the fighting genre has a lot more to offer than what people believe it to offer. um, And I also just want to kind of, you know, be able to, one of the things I love about it is like just being able to talk about fighting games, being able to talk about like upcoming fighting games and and you know, talking about the the pros and tournaments and understanding tournaments since we've all been in tournaments and just kind of understanding that realm of it. So it's I just want it to be an eye opener to people like, you know, you said there are things about, you know, fighting games that you had never even heard of before. So I think for me, the overarching goal, you know, if it jumps up and it becomes something big, like that's awesome. That's a bonus for me really in the grand scheme of things. I just want to reach out to those people who are either, you know, just casually gaming and they want to just try out a fighting game. You know, we have the ability to kind of give you a guideline of like, okay, if you're Wanting to do something in the 2D world. Here's a couple of options. Here's something for, you know, if you're looking for complexity and 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 if you're looking for something that's like, oh, you know, the most basic platform fighters, you know, just a lot of encompassing and just kind of getting people to be comfortable and and open to understanding fighting games more.
0: Yeah. Is there any dream interview that you like to interview some fighter or developer or anything like that, Sean?
2: Oh, I, I don't really have like a a super favorite player. Yeah, but if I'd like to see something, I'd like to see Dan interview Void. Oh I think gosh. that'd be awesome. Yes. You're gonna say that? I think that'd be amazing. That would be incredible,
3: <laughs> Frank. If I could answer that question, of course. Yeah. Um. On on the first um, because I I follow the big players. I follow them. I like them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Void. He's a top smash four and smash ultimate player um he plays Sheik and he's awesome and i'm just a huge fan of him and talking to him or interviewing him about fighting games specifically or just gaming in general because this dude just a quick cap any game that he plays he basically reaches max competitive rank at mm-hmm. like whatever the top rank in like league is he hit that one season And just because he's like i like learning about the game and playing it and he reached immortal and valorant um he, he every game he plays, he plays to basically the top level. Um it's insane. Yeah. Um, da, um any of the top Japanese Street Fighter players, like Daigo or Takedo, they're just legendary Street Fighter players. Daigo the Beast, he had a manga made after him mm. a little bit. Um, and he's just one of the most iconic street, street Fighter players of all time for the entire span of the franchise. Yeah. Um then uh punk, punk the god, panda global's punk the god. Yep. Um he's the best American Street Fighter player, and he's really fun. oh, and Smug, another Street Fighter player, who's just super cool. Oh my God, there's so many. Yeah. <laughs> me, he's a te- <laughs> that me, <could> be. <laughs> he's a Tekken Seven player. He got drafted to do his mandatory. Um, he was a pro- professional Tekken Seven player. Tekken player. He got drafted to do his mandatory service in the uh, Korean Army, mm-hmm. and then uh, he came back after his mandatory service, and then became like number one in the world again in Tekken. It's that's, a, a, that's
0: absurd. That's absurd yeah. to me. To leave the um, game, come back, and still be that good. Damn. Yeah, like absurd. Amazing, and just to be yeah. like, dude,
3: what? Like, were you playing during service? Because there's no way he was. But I just yeah. think that's an awesome story, and I'd love to talk to him. Um,
0: yeah,
1: I would. I would like to jump in on this question too, well, of course, Frank. Man, of course. Um, I mean, I have a pretty obvious one. Uh, one of the guys that I actually started watching and got me into competitive Smash was HungryBox. And I would love to just sit down and talk to him about play style mentality, um, his run through Evo 2016, like just that, that whole story it was just like, cause I've watched, you know, I've been watching him since like, I want to say 2014 when he was like first really struggling, but I was a puff player and he was like the puff player to watch if you were wanting to improve with puff. <laughs>
0: Jigglypuff players, what is this like, four in the world? Yeah. He's
1: just insane. Like, he is so good. And the other guy I would like to talk to an um, in interview is a Tekken player, Lil Majin. He is mm-hmm. the most entertaining Tekken player to watch. And he's just, like, he is so just structured in his, you know, basic knowledge of the game. But his mind games are just incredible. Like He is just so good at at making you do things and just predicting what opponents are going to do. And it's it's just so incredible to watch him. So that would be, I would say if I had the opportunity, it would be those two people. Uh, Developer wise, I would love to talk to just the people at Panda Global in general, just to talk about Smash World Tour and what their goal is and just kind of like get more detail about what the objective is
2: yeah um thinking about it more while i don't like super crazily want to interview people i i do want to like i think sitting down having a conversation like analyzing a set with a pro player would be amazing oh, yeah. because i've never I've, I've always felt like i was close to kind of understanding like their thought processes behind things yeah but like actually hearing their perspective like during games um i think that would be super interesting because it's just a unlocking their 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 way of thinking basically Mm -hmm. so i i'd probably want to interview like someone like the buzz or like tweak yeah like see how they how they think during games because i think that would be uh, i don't know different like enlightening really and then I think in terms of hype, I don't want to interview someone like Justin Wong. Just like, how do you stay calm during those, you know, pixel comeback situations? Like, what do you, what's going on in yeah. your mind type thing? Because the amount of pixel comebacks that that guy has gone through is absurd. It's incredible. And then for those that don't know, it's when any hit can touch, like any touch can kill you. So he literally has a pixel of health. And he still comes back, and that was in Marvel two and three. That guy's insane. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> in you, yeah.
0: Just I like how leg. Sean thinks of like the mental uh, aspect of it, like even the mental health aspect of it too. it's pretty interesting to hear that that take on it. Something I wouldn't think of.
2: Yeah, mental health. I definitely look at Sweet too. Yeah. I think his entire career is pretty interesting.
1: And I think with like saying that with Sean, I think that's why we coach so well together. Because Mm -hmm. Sean was in the, the mental analytical, like, you know, you know, pressure situations and like understanding kind of the, the mental gameplay and prediction. Yeah. Whereas like on my side, I was more structured and understanding like fundamentals and then practicing, you know, opportunities and, then and just kind of deep diving into people's play styles and habits. So I think that's why our team did so well is because we both kind of had two unique approaches to where we could talk to people and, and understand both aspects of that.
0: Yeah, that seems like a good one-two punch for any team, any coaching mm-hmm. team. Um, okay, let's wrap things up with this question, okay, guys? If you could be put in any fighting game, what game is that going to be? Go ahead, Tyler. You already started up. Let's go and finish it up with you. Oh,
1: Frank, you picked a hard, oh. qu- you picked a hard question.
0: I mean, literally, Damn. the cover of your guys' is yes. podcast. But we don't have yeah. to use that. You can, you can definitely um, change it up.
1: Man, I mean, I I think the, the obvious answer is going to be Smash. Like it has to yeah. be. I would I would go. I would want to be put in a Smash game. Like I just think, really, any two D platformer or yeah, any, any platform fighter, really. But, I mean, my character, you know, my character art is Luigi. He was the first character I ever played in the Smash game. So, I think if I were to have to pick, it would probably be Smash or just a 2D platformer in general.
0: I want to see how we're going to update that to Jigglypuff someday. I hope we get to draw you as Jigglypuff? Yeah. Maybe put a little pink bow on you or something. Yeah, <laughs> something
1: like that. I'm in, I'm in on it. I'll
2: do it.
0: Yeah. Dan, what game are you going in, man? Oh my
3: goodness! What an awesome question. Um, you better not steal my answer. Yeah. I don't know what your answer is, but my answer is dead or alive. Oh I don't care god. which one. Oh my god! Because oh. dead or alive, there are so many beautiful women in dead or alive. One of them is gonna like me. Okay, yeah. that's wow. one of and one of them in the plot in the story mode. One of those characters is gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm like fighting so. Daniel will like me or something. You know, I did, one, of, one of in the story mode, one of them are going to be crazy into me because there's so many of them. Yeah, one of them to has You're to like me. Right? <laughs> one of them. And you sure? I'm like, this, is, this is mad. I'm doing statistics, baby. You, you, so, sure? you sure about that, Daniel? Yeah. Come on, man. We're playing the numbers game. We're rolling the <laughs> yeah. dice.
0: Evo Vegas. Let's do it. So, um, dead or alive, all day, every day. That game's um, the reason photo mode exists in games now. Exactly.
3: <laughs> 100%. If we would honorable mention to Dead or Alive Volleyball Edition. Amen.
2: Put me in the gotcha um, game, dude.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let um, me play so, volleyball with that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I, I want so to ask that, that question someday to like <laughs> mass question. How many actual volleyball games did you finish in that game? <laughs> because I have a feeling not a lot. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh, yeah. well,
3: that's <laughs> my answer. <Starbucks>. Free. <laughs> oh man! All you right, gotta do different one, Sean. You got to do a
2: different one. Can't be, can't be dead or alive. What are you thinking? Oh, man, I can't. Oh, I took mine. I thought I knew Sean's all answer. Right. In, in that but... case, I'll probably um, shoot. I'll probably pick Street Fighter. I want to be one of the guys in the background. Imagine walking <laughs> out of your house and all you see is just somebody beating up somebody's car. Like yeah, i was just thinking like someone's what car, someone's car. <laughs> You walk to the grocery store, you see like two guys fighting for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> then you go to the pool side. Oh my god, they're really just throwing they're hands out they're here. Scrapping. <laughs> yeah. They're scrapping for in no these streets. reason. Like in the it, 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 you're walking through through the city, look into an alleyway. Oh my god, <laughs> just yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. I feel like no matter where you go around the world you're gonna see two people duking it out I think it'll be cool
0: the arcade's like little video <laughs> intro was just like two random dudes fighting they had nothing to do with the game they like panned yeah. up on the skyscraper to show like the Street Fighter logo but it was always just like, like who are these two? <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, like, yeah. like literally like real
2: he, he literally just fights anybody that he sees just to get stronger
0: <laughs> he always looks pissed off pretty much everybody mm-hmm. I
2: feel like everybody in that show just or like, in that show game just fights just to fight and it's great
0: yep so I, <laughs> and you got a free Honda's usc agility, show anywhere you go
3: <laughs> I imagine running into e honda on the street like oh they running into e honda and he's like i gotta try this new move where i sit on you they're like oh no
1: you wouldn't have a move spine then, if you, he did how that how he,
3: how he, where he, yeah. he slaps you a billion times in your chest and you're just like come on man like i weigh i weigh 100 pounds come on man leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: that's, that's, how Dan, Dan, that's how Daniel responds to a fight. Come on, man, just leave me alone.
0: Oh, really? yeah, <laughs> come, come on, man. Come on, man. How I'm, in, I'm in dead or alive six. Just leave me alone. That's his down B is like, come on, man. <laughs> it's a <taunt. laughs> oh, My man.
3: down B is surrenders. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's a counter.
1: I
0: feel like
2: that'd be a disrespectful taunt too. Like you beat you beat up on somebody when they're on the floor. Come on, man.
1: <laughs> that's Try fair.
0: It. That is true.
1: Daniel with the filthy taunt.
0: <laughs> all right guys so check out round three we're gonna have the descriptions of course below uh they are part of the geek freaks network so you guys can check out the website for all their new episodes to come out all the backlog and stuff like that and keep up on their calendar and release dates thank you guys very much for joining me i'm excited about this podcast uh you know i've already been editing it so i've been listening in and learning a whole bunch of new terminologies <laughs> it's a lot of terms i didn't know uh, but yeah please check this out guys and again thank you for joining me
1: yeah, it's been a lot of fun, Frank. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for letting us do this. And we're we're all excited to just kind of share our love for fighting
0: game. Yeah. All right. And that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.